Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. The main man, A.G. Aaron Gershon from thecatspals.com. My name is Vinny Hardy. A.G., man, how's it going today? Can't complain, man. We we're just talking before the show here. This is a great stretch uh, on the schedule with uh, four home games in the next five and then the one road game being down in, uh, in Nashville at Vanderbilt. So looking forward to the stretch after a long week on the road uh, last week. Yeah, you had... Fayetteville and Columbia back to Columbia Fayetteville yep. back to back, right? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it was a heck of a week, uh, a lot of time on the road, but, uh, you know, a productive one and it'll be a nice little stretch here, uh, mostly here at home. Good stuff. Good stuff. Coming to y'all courtesy of the Believe Podcast Network, as always. We're live right now on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Jump in, leave a question, leave a comment, leave your thoughts, interact with us. We'll pop them up on the screen and cover all the news you know kentucky beating arkansas we talked on the last episode about how should they respond going forward because everybody's gonna try to be physical on the road arkansas is desperate and not good but they're gonna be rowdy the <laughs> building's gonna be packed and that was the case and yeah it was rough start but they they weathered the storm and got the dub yeah and it's been a talking point we've been been talking about a lot lately where they needed to prove they can win one ugly because those games are going to happen in March. And I, I put out a stat in the story I wrote um, after the game that last four national champions, uh, Virginia, um, Baylor, UConn, and, and Kansas. I know I flipped the order on the last two there, but regardless, those four teams all had a game uh, in the NCAA tournament where they scored 70 or less to win. Um, you know, Virginia, that makes sense because their style of play, but the other three were all really good offensive teams and they still even had to grind out a win in that tournament. So for this young Kentucky team to kind of see that, Hey, like we can win a game without scoring 80 plus, I think was really important. And I get that, you know, it was a combination of, of Kentucky just doing enough defensively where there was, I thought the biggest thing was the effort was just intensified they were closing out on threes they were making a priority to box out there was there was a lot of high energy on defense where i i don't know you could say that every game this season um and then obviously there's the, the combination of arkansas being a bad offensive team uh and must even saying after the game i don't know who my point guard is so you know they got lucky that this game you know happened against that opponent but at the same time it, it's a game i think you could build off of from a confidence standpoint from a defensive standpoint but we, we all know that you know this team uh is capable of scoring a lot of points i think you know these last two games i'm still not too worried about the offense yet you know let's see what happens tomorrow when they play a florida team that is kind of similar to uk where they don't play much defense and they focus on offense um but this was really important i think to to get one where again you didn't play your best basketball 
the offense certainly struggled for much of the night, but you were able to do enough defensively to ground out a win. Yeah, you and you're not lying. I mean, you said that literally pretty much verbatim yeah. the past three episodes. They got to be able to grind one out when the shots aren't falling. Got to be able to and you know yeah. score score sixty two and get beat up in Colombia, and then to yeah. follow that up with a sixty three point game and <laughs> get a win in Fayetteville. I mean, what a, a difference a game makes. Um, but like you said, they. We'll take it. They did dodge some bullets. There were some open yeah. shots, point blank open shots. Arkansas had open threes where if you, you get the team that executes better, they're probably still going to make you pay. But you have to worry about that down the road. That didn't. Right. They, they missed those shots Saturday, thankfully. And, yeah. uh, you know, 63 was enough. <laughs> 63 was enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was just it was such an ugly basketball game in the first half like both teams man it was just bad and you had Kentucky could not in Kentucky got good it's not that's the one thing too I wasn't that's why I'm not too concerned about the offenses because they got good looks in the first half they weren't taking selfish shots uh like they did at points against South Carolina like those were there were some good looks that just were not falling for Kentucky uh you had the Justin Edwards play where he has a breakaway and he travels and yeah. then early in the second half, a the arrow gets like three straight offensive rebounds. and can't put it back in. Like yeah. just nothing was going right offensively for the first 25 ish minutes of the ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, they still finished the second half with what? 39 points. Reed Shepard had 14 in the second half. Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell were money down the stretch. Ukana and Yenso was awesome. I thought in this game. So, you know, there was a lot to like, even though it was ugly, um, they only scored 63 points. They did by no means play their best basketball, but you know, sometimes that that's what it's gotta be. And uh, especially this year on the road where it appears it's harder than ever. I mean, I, I saw there was, I saw what Kyle Tucker put out. I don't have it in front of me about um, these top 10 teams against uh, non-ranked opponents on the road and how they're like 10 games under 500. So anytime you can go in and get it done, uh, you're not going to take it for granted. I think Kentucky has two of those, whatever wins they are now with uh, the one at Arkansas and the win at, um, at uh, who's the other in Florida. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't take it for granted, but you realize that you need to improve in certain areas. But again, uh, the area that they've been struggling at most was a positive in that game. So that that's the uh, the good news from it. And then you look at Duke. They they kind of got a gift wrap for them at home. Yeah. Clemson had them, and that, that last foul call normally yeah. maybe whistles usually get swallowed on that, and that was yeah. a little ticky-tack, and they got some free throws to, to get out of Cameron with a win. Yeah. That I don't know if they should have gotten it. Yeah. So. They they did they their win last night was pretty impressive on the road but yeah they yeah. definitely uh they got some luck on their side going or whatever happened there on Saturday for sure but again it, it's just this year on the road is crazy like it's always been hard to win on the road I think it's been a little I mean the atmospheres are unbelievable and all that but at, at the end of the day usually the better team wins games like period they're upsets always but usually on the you know these really good teams find a way on the road we've obviously mm-hmm. seen some elite kentucky teams go on the road and be just fine but this year man like kansas it seems like every time they go on the road and i still think they're a really good team i know they're i don't know how many losses i think they're only like four and three in league play but i still think kansas has a final four roster um 
like they can't win on the road right now. They just yeah. they go to Iowa State and they lose. Uh, we saw Houston lose two in a row on the road. They're a really, really stout defensive team. And obviously, I think Samson's one of the best coaches, if not the best in the country right now. Uh, Tennessee goes down to Starkville and they lose. Like this, it is just, it is hard on the road right now. So again, mm-hmm. like Arkansas is not a great team, but college game day was there. Bud Walton, until Kentucky put the nail in the coffin, that place, it, uh, I, for my money, is the toughest place to play in the SEC, and it lived up to the uh, lived up to the hype all game uh, until that final two minute stretch where Kentucky went on the nine zero run to put it out of reach, and then the fans emptied out really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just looking for reasons to uh, get their team or get their team up, and then drag them across the finish line. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you will never take a win like that for granted. But uh, now the good news is Kentucky comes home, and you got to clean up, right? Like Tennessee's a really good team. We all know about that one Saturday. You can't overlook Florida with what they do offensively on the boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to Nashville in between there, but then you come back and you have Gonzaga and Ole Miss. Like those are all four of these home games are going to be challenges that are coming up. But you know the way it is on the road this year, you really you really got to take care of business. Yeah, yeah, and oh, yeah, like you said, the Tennessee. Uh, at home, you can't overlook that. And no. I think the 2014 team, I think the Jewish Randall team, that team couldn't buy an SEC win on the road no. until, you know, way late into the season. They kept just dropping right. games, dropping games, dropping games. And, you know, so you know, we've seen that kind of thing before. This team has already got a few you know, wins on the road under their belt. Yeah. And and so, but, yeah, overall, like you said, the, the struggles for good teams on the road, uh, the Houston got by Texas last night to kind of get that bad taste over time. Yeah, yeah. And speaking speaking of Texas, man, this 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 whining about the horns down. This this is not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna work when y'all come to the SEC. It's no just... man, it's just not like these. And look at I mean, there's nothing you could do like a K, a K down or whatever for Kentucky. But like the the things that the crowd yells at Kentucky and the atmospheres, it's just unbelievable when UK comes to town. And you know Texas, it'll be the same way for football. I think basketball, just being the brand they are, they'll still draw pretty big crowds. Like when they go to when they go to Knoxville, when they go to Tuscaloosa. And, and Fayetteville, like it, it's in College Station, even man, like it is going to be brutal, yeah. Yeah. brutal. And uh, you got to toughen up, man. Like this league is not for the weak, and uh, you're going to be hearing things and seeing things that you may not have even seen in the Big 12, even though I'm sure they they hear it over at Allen Fieldhouse and at at, at, at uh, Iowa State looks like an incredible atmosphere. Um, but yeah, like they got to toughen up, it's not going to work yeah. in this league. Yeah, because this you're not gonna have someone for, you're not gonna have BYU BYU ain't out here like they're not gonna be so kind. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> and you've been to more road venues than I have, but like I yeah. mean, you know, Tennessee isn't the level of Fayetteville and, and Gainesville and those you know when they're hopping. It is when but, Kentucky is there. But when Kentucky's <laughs> in there, it is it is vicious. I tell the Tennessee fans all the time. I said, man, y'all just hate us, don't you? Yeah. I said it's so it's so vicious. Any yeah. little call you think they don't get the oh. booze, the vitriol from the nosebleeds to court side, doesn't matter where you are in Thompson Bowling, they can't stop. And Kentucky. No, and I, I've been there twice, and Kentucky won both games. So the first one was 2020. So that Tennessee team was kind of not great. So it wasn't. It was pretty, pretty big Kentucky presence in the in the arena. But then last year's game, which was Kentucky's coming off the loss to South Carolina, uh, looks like their season is like 
crumbling. Tennessee's number five. So it was like the smallest Kentucky contingency I've seen at a Tennessee event. Uh, and Tennessee fans were out for blood, and as they should have been. It, it was a chance to really, I wouldn't say put the nail in the coffin, but start start to, <laughs> right? A, good, a pretty and, good haymaker, yeah. Yeah, that would have been a hell of a haymaker. And uh, <laughs> Kentucky goes in there and wins. But, um, yeah, man, it, it's crazy. All these places when Kentucky's there, really. I mean, outside of Vanderbilt, nothing against them. It's just the way it is where Kentucky fans take over that building. But Alabama last year was unbelievable. Georgia was pretty damn good last year um, with the environment. Mississippi State was sold out. Um, and then this year, obviously, A&M was a really good crowd. A lot of Kentucky fans in there, but it was a really good crowd. Florida was unbelievable. Arkansas was unbelievable. And I'm sure, you know, as we go on here, Tennessee, the last game of the regular season, uh, still got Auburn which is crazy, that place, even when they're the one where it feels like every big game. It doesn't matter if it's Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, they just they get up for it, man. Auburn fans are awesome. So that game's going to be crazy down there. And then we'll see what it's like at LSU at that point in the year. I'm sure they'll have a bigger crowd than usual. So it, it's not a joke. And even Eric Musselman acknowledged it, right? Like when Kentucky comes to town, it's a big game. And, you know, it draws the big crowds. But Texas, it won't necessarily be that for them when they come here, but you know they're the new team. Their fans are going to be intrigued uh, that first time that Texas comes in, and in Oklahoma too, for that matter. But more so, I think on the basketball side, Texas, and they know the history of this horns down thing and the commotion it it, it has. And you know some of these schools like Arkansas and LSU and A and M, like they have football history there too and mm -hmm. old basketball history. So they get to revisit that. It's just going to be – they got to toughen up before uh, before uh, next winter – or really starting next fall with basketball. But I think the football side handles the L's down thing a little better than the basketball with their yeah. coach even saying something here. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie Terry's got to stop. Yeah. Man. Quit. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about it with – since Kansas is KU. But with Tennessee and Texas, they argue over who the real UT is. So it's uh. going to be that when they come in and, and then the whole – which shade of orange is better, the burnt orange or the oh my God. all that all that is brewing. That's you know, any anytime they <laughs> played each other non-conference, you know, Tennessee played Texas in basketball a few times, you know, Barnes came back or went yep. back to Austin or whatever, and they yep. always argue about that. So that's that in addition to the horns down, should Tennessee beat them? It's look, you just gotta, like you said, just toughen up, get some thicker skin, because you know, and unless Greg Sankey surprises us, he's not about to start, you know getting everybody to, to ease up on that kind of thing. Nor should he. <laughs> Nor should he. It means more. If So if it, it means, means more, more, just just let it mean more. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to leave it alone. There, there ain't nothing wrong with it. It's yeah. uh, it's ridiculousness that uh, it offends anyone. It is what it is. Like You should – honestly, you should take it as a compliment that enough people hate you. Usually if you're if, – and I'm sure Kentucky sees it this way too. Like if you're hated, it means you're doing a lot of winning. Mm -hmm. And Texas historically is, is an awesome athletics program. And that's not, I mean, obviously they, you know, they haven't won national championships that with any of the major sports recently here, but you know, historically the Texas is one of the best athletic departments, feared athletics departments in the country. That's why Kentucky basketball gets the slander it gets on the road. Cause everyone knows how good they are. Mm -hmm. Alabama football, Georgia football, you name it. So I don't know why Texas doesn't just embrace being the villain instead of cry about that type of stuff. But uh it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody, everybody does the chomp. When if you score a touchdown in the swamp, you, that's you right. Really chomp them. 
you do L's down for a little bit. Whoever, whatever school has a little thing, it gets reversed. Even, know, you, even NFL fans were like Scott Satterfield was being a baby about that yes, whole thing, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes. So. You remember when, you know, T.O. scored against the Ravens? He did the Ray Lewis dance. This, that happened. Oh, I remember uh, the Giants when they were in the playoff, the year they won the Super Bowl. Uh, the second one the, with Eli, uh, Hakeem Nix did the dirty bird in the wild yeah. card around against the Falcons. Yeah. Like, it's, it's part that, of it. Yeah. If you don't like it, stop it. That's it. Well, man, we've, I guess you can come home again. We've seen it with oh Liam Cohen and yep. now Eric Wolford rejoining Mark Stoops' staff. And Wolford, of course, being the latest. So, uh, surprise, we, I yeah. mean, unexpected, just, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely unexpected surprise, all those adjectives there. It's just um, with how it ended, I, I don't think this one was all that anticipated. But I think when you break it all down, it, it makes some sense. I mean, one, Wolford is a really, really good recruiter. Like, the, I don't think anyone could argue against that. Um, mm-hmm. Just his one year here, the primary guys, or he was the primary recruiter for Deion Walker. That guy's pretty good. And then uh, he was the secondary recruiter for Barry on Brown, who's also pretty good. So he, in one year, he made a difference on the trail here. Uh, Alabama, he cleaned up while he was there. Everywhere at South Carolina, he was a great recruiter. I mean, this guy gets talent. You know, say what you want about how he left, about um, maybe how he is as a coach. He's a tough-nosed guy. He's not a. He's not necessarily going to kill you with kindness or, or be really like compassionate. He's, he's going to push you to your limits here. And that was something that um, was talked about from the players and kind of like Zach Yenzer was a player's coach and not to say Wolford isn't, but just more so like Yenzer really made it a priority. And I don't know if that's going to be the case with Wolford, but I do know he's going to go out and get talent and he's going to do his best to whoop his, uh, his room into shape. So, you know, when you break it all down, I think the hire makes a lot of sense it's just the way things ended last time. And, you know, Yenzer was extended. Uh, I kind of had to be at, at that point. So, like, I don't put too much stock into that whole thing. But, you know, this was a very unique situation where a job came open in the middle of January. Um, well, Alabama, obviously, I meant Alabama's job came open in the, in the middle of January it led to a little bit of a ripple effect, you know, with Washington, Arizona, San Jose State, all the schools involved there. But so for Wolford, if he wasn't going to be retained, which obviously he wasn't, they um, hired, I think the board took someone from his UW staff from that. Uh, his options were going to be very limited, I'm guessing, unless like he was an analyst or something or someone created a, a, a different position for him outside of offensive line coach, just because at that point in time, just how many are open. So Kentucky had an opening and Mark Stoops felt like Wolford was an upgrade and, and he went ahead and, and pulled the trigger. So um, it's just crazy after how it all ended that, you know, two years later, you know, we're here, but uh, like you said, Kentucky isn't, or Mark Stoops hasn't shied away from rehiring guys. Yeah. And like we talked about last week, week before, with with Cohen, usually if, if there's hires to be made at this point in the in the year, is you hope it's not a panic hire. And we talk if right. Cohen left, we were talking about it probably had to be a panic kind of last minute, just get somebody. And here we are now in late January, and they make the complete opposite in their minds of a panic hire when you upgrade 
Yeah. You, know, you have to, it's, it's business, nothing personal with Yinzer, but now they have to move on from him. And hey, we get a chance to get Wolford because Saban retired. So it was, it was right. a domino effect in their favor. And it's probably rare for late January. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, like, I, I think the outrage, you know, you saw on social media after the fact, I think is just, it's it, again, I, I get it didn't end well, but you just have to, you got to break it down more than that. Like, obviously the two made up or else we wouldn't be here. They're, they've been buddies for a long freaking time. I mean, they coached together at USF back in the nineties, the whole construction job thing that Mark yeah. Stoops was talking about with a, the interview with Maggie Davis last yeah. night. Um, like they go way, way back. And I, I would think that if the bridge was burnt, we wouldn't be here. So clearly there was enough that time heals wounds and they kissed and made up and, you know, it just make this does make a lot of sense to me. I mean, it does suck for Zach Yenzer. I think obviously, you know, he's a really, I really enjoyed getting to cover him. He's a really good dude, but it's a results based business. Right. And um, he wasn't recruiting at a high level like Wolford is or did when he was here and, and just does historically. And let's face it. Right. I mean, they made significant improvement in pass protection this year. That's great. But they didn't get better run blocking. If anything, they got worse. And like, there's no reason a team with Ray Davis should have been 98th in rushing offense or whatever they were in the country mm-hmm. and be second and long, third and long all year long because they can't establish their run game on early downs. Like there was just results are results at the end of the day and the results weren't good enough. And, you know, Mark Stoops felt the need to make a move and I, I, I can't blame him. So was the maybe development of the entire room. He just kind of yeah. go with his five and stick with it and, and the rest or the rotating that we've, you know, kind of got used to seeing, maybe that's kind of going away again. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. And, you know, that was another criticism of Wolford's first tenure here, right, was that he didn't build enough, enough depth mm-hmm. and he inherited a, a freaking awesome room, right, obviously. Uh, though, you know, I think – a couple of things you have to do give him credit for is like that was Luke, if I'm not mistaken, Luke Fortner's only year playing center was Wolford, right? I think so. So he helped that transition, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Cox, that was his first time really playing. He's a yeah. midseason All American before he got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. He brought he helped bring in Dare Rosenthal, who's pretty darn good. So, right. you know, obviously he did have some to do with their success. I get he inherited. The players, it's outside of Rosenthal, like Darren Kennard was there. Cox and Fortner were there, though they moved positions. So, you know, he didn't – behind them, like, obviously there was not much that he developed that we saw Yenzer deal with that in 2022. And then this year I think Yenzer actually did a pretty good job of developing depth. Like, I think they have something in Dylan Ray. I think they have something in Malachi Wood in the future as he continues to just grow into his body and, and mechanically be – be trustworthy enough to play. Um, but again, the recruiting wasn't up to par. Even the play still wasn't up to par. Guys like Jagger Burton, like a high four-star guy, he hasn't lived up to that yet. And, you know, maybe that's coaching. Maybe that's the player. I don't know. I'm not there. But, you know, I'm just looking for reasons here. It, it just it just adds up. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But uh, Mark Stoops clearly isn't – when you make a move like that this late, he felt – uh, he felt pretty damn strongly about it because obviously Yenzer helped recruit this last class. Um, I would assume he had at least some hand in uh, in the two offensive line transfers. 
So, you know, and, you know, we've heard all this talk about continuity. So to go away from all that means like there was something clearly that needed upgrading. Yeah. And I, I didn't count myself as, as outraged. I was, I was surprised. It was unexpected. Yeah. I was, it was it was funny to me. I was like, really? Now this is this yeah. is hilarious, you know. But what? there were some that were outraged. I, it's not me that's having to work with them. It's not me that's having to decide whether I'm gonna hire him or not. So, right. like you said, all the things that you said, no doubt he he considered everything. He weighed out all of the pros and cons, and in his mind, it was it was worth making a move and pulling the trigger. And and he feels, hey, he. You know the chemistry of the staff. I'm sure he thought about all those things. This isn't the first hire he's made. This isn't the first right. time he's hired him. So it was it was a go for him to hey, this is an upgrade overall for the recruiting, for development, for everything that they're trying to do. Uh, Wolford had worked with Cohen already, so there's that again. Yeah. So hey, you know, hey, it's I don't know. I, I can't say I don't see the need to get outraged. It was it was surprising, unexpected, and funny to to me. All in and, one. <laughs> yeah no I, I i agree 100 like the outrage to me doesn't make much sense i get people want to be upset with stuff and that's how it goes sometimes but um again you break it all down uh i think it's the right move uh we'll see if it pays off but you know the last two years just haven't been up to par for what fans expect at this point and what anyone wants at this point. So when you are struggling per se, and you, sometimes you gotta, you, you can't be uh, hesitant. You got to just do what you got to do. Obviously Woody was a guy that Liam Cohn was really close with and they felt it was time to move on from him. They made that move. Um, you know, obviously they made the move with Scangarillo after one year to get to cut bait with him. So mm-hmm. Like you can't, as Mark Stoop said in that interview with Maggie last night, like you can't be sensitive in this business. And um, this, this shows at least that uh, he's not being sensitive about a situation that happened two years ago. If he's given him another right. chance. Exactly. Cause it, I mean, did he, you know, could he, like they both said, they both could have handled stuff better. Wolf yeah. could, could probably came up and say, look, man, I got, I got Alabama sitting here calling me and it's Alabama. But if he just kind of ghosted him, which seems to be the case. Uh, hard feelings were and, and reactions and, you know, they're pissing each other, but, you know, they worked it all out and, you know, they smoothed it out and patched it up and ready to go forward. So it's all you can do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just give it a, you know, <laughs> look, if it doesn't work out, then Stoops has explaining to do and we'll go down this rabbit hole again next year or in two years. But uh, for now they're, uh, for now, I understand the move, and I'm, I, I can't I can't complain about it. Exactly, exactly. Before we you know wrap it up, got to get some thoughts on the the playoffs as well. Maybe we don't have to predict yeah. the Super Bowl, but the playoffs. But uh, got to talk about the uh, the app that we we partnered up with. Uh, just talking about it before we recorded it. You just downloaded uh, the Autograph app, uh, a new app where. Everything is consolidated in one place. All the podcasts and UK content that you can consume, go to the Autograph app, and it's right there. So if you want to get rewarded for listening to our show, you listen to our show already, the team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show, which we appreciate. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to all your favorite Kentucky content in one place, and offers rewards like tickets 
exclusive merchandise, and more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. So head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it for free today using referral code Believe Kentucky, B-L-E-A-V Kentucky, all one word. Link and code are also in our podcast description. So when you see it on Apple or Spotify, there in the description, you can also read it and go down there, click the link, use our promo code, download it, listen to us. Every episode of ours will be there. Every episode of ours goes up on a sea of blue. All of a sea of blues content is on there. All your UK content, articles, podcasts, consolidated into one app. So check out that autograph fandom app. And then get yourself some swag or tickets just for doing the stuff you already do. So, hey, it's a it's a really cool thing. Michigan was the first school they did. As, as you heard me reading the ad, Tom Brady is a co-founder. So that makes sense with him being a, a UM guy. But they wanted to do Kentucky next. They reached out to us as well as other uh, content creators that do UK content. So go on there and check out the app. And get yourself some points, get yourself some rewards for listening to podcasts and reading articles, man. It's good stuff. Absolutely. We're down to one NFL game, man. It's a rematch. Niners and Chiefs. Uh, Detroit, (sighs) bless their hearts. Lord have mercy. Man, dude. (laughs) Yeah, that one stunk. I think – at this point, usually, like, I don't really have rooting interest unless it's a team, obviously, if the Giants are in or a team I dislike. Or at this point, like, the four teams left, it was more so give me really good football. But, you know, it was obviously a little different with um, with Detroit and the history there and never having been to a Super Bowl despite being one of the oldest franchises, all, you know, everything, all that everyone knows about. And just the way that thing went, man, where you jump up. I, th- I mean, I thought they were going to win by like 25 30 into that range like at, at one point like they were just kicking ass all game long and for it to end that way um that just stunk and like i can't you know when i reflected on it more i can't kill dan campbell too much that is how they got there they they're a very aggressive team they go for it they go for two as you saw against dallas even against your cowboys in that game that they lost. They just kept going for two. They were down at the seven. They moved it back to the two. I mean, they just kept going for it. Like there was no, he was locked into that decision no matter what. So, you know, I can't fault them for doing what they've done all year, but maybe they need to find a kicker they could trust. I don't know. But uh, that was just, that was heartbreaking. I felt bad for the, for the Lions fans. That's for damn sure. But uh, credit to San Francisco for not giving up and, Mr. Irrelevant in the Super Bowl in year two is is pretty unbelievable. I mean, he he hasn't lost a playoff game that he's been able to actually finish yet, and it's pretty amazing stuff what that guy's been able to do. And obviously, how much talent San Francisco has, it it makes sense that they're here uh, in the Super Bowl. But that that stunk. That stunk for Detroit. Yeah, and they've for their fan base. I mean, we especially pre Stoops, we saw our fair share of. Wow, Kentucky found another way to lose in a yep. creative fashion. And Detroit has experienced pretty much the same thing. You know, they hadn't even won a division since 93. Crazy. And to be 30 minutes away, and they could taste it. You, the, the shot of Ford Field going crazy at the watch party, and, and then as it slipped away, they, they never showed a shot of Ford Field again because 
what I mean, a heartbreaking no. stab for them. I mean, you know, the old 80 year old fans that were there in 1957 when they won the NFL championship, the old guy that dyed his hair blue, like no. you know, I mean, uh, just feel bad for all of them. It's awful, man. Um, and on the other side for the AFC, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. We we still couldn't yeah. believe that Mahomes had never played road playoff games, and now he's played two and went out and won both of them. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> and boy, that like him and Kelsey, man, it's just so fun to watch. Like it is dominant. Like that first half, really the first quarter, like the fourth down that Kelsey made the diving grab on the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Eleven catches, eleven targets. Like unbelievable the connection yeah. those two have. So, you know, I can't do anything but respect. Just like at at some point you just tip your cap and respect what New England did. It's starting into the same with Kansas City, right? I mean, it is just they're they're a machine. And this is the best defense they've had in all these years. Like, they are loaded. Steve Spagnuolo, obviously a guy I grew up watching his defenses. He was the defense coordinator uh, for the Giants when they won Super Bowl 42. And then he came back and he was the defense coordinator for a couple years, had the – I think number one or two defense in 2016. And, you know, now he's winning all these Super Bowls and AFC titles with Kansas City. So uh, they have an incredible unit. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it came down to a quarterback play in that football game. I, I know Baltimore, it was more to it. But Lamar, as special of an athlete as he is um, and as great of a quarterback as he, he is during the regular season, he's just a little – limited as a passer still i mean it just is what it is there were some throws that were there that weren't made and i don't understand what the game plan was you know when you're the best rushing team in football and buffalo ran the ball down their throats last week and you don't run the ball it just made no sense and Mm -hmm. you know i felt bad for lamar because i you know he's had to prove a lot of people wrong and now people are going to go back and criticize him i still think he's the mvp and that's a chance to win a Super Bowl one day. But there were some limitations in that passing game, and not just his fault. I think they – obviously, they've never really given him the wide receiver help he needs. They have – I mean, Zay Flowers is a stud, but he was only a rookie. Uh, you know, Rashad Bateman hasn't developed into much. Nelson Aguilar is a journeyman who's been around. Mm-hmm. OBJ is at the end of his career. So, you know, I'm not going to throw it all in Lamar. But, uh, you know, when your defense pitches a shutout against Patrick Mahomes in the second half, you got to score more than uh, – Three points. Yeah. Yeah. They scored 10, seven, and yeah, seven in the first quarter. So, you know, that one stunk for them. But the better team, I think, uh, and the better quarterback advanced. And uh, I think the two best teams in football are in the Super Bowl. So at least we have that. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned Spags in that defense. And you you know, Kansas City is going to make some tweaks in the offseason to get the offense back to where it's more more than just Kelsey. That's what's crazy. The receiver upgrades are going to happen for, yeah. for Kansas City as well. So. And uh, what's Rasheed Rice is only going to get better. That dude's mm-hmm. a stud. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to develop into a, a wide receiver one or a C.D. Lamb type guy, but I think he can be a really, really solid top-end two, low-end one for them. So, and you, yeah, like you said, that's not going to go unaddressed. They're going to get yeah. another, they're going to get some wideouts in there. But what's mm-hmm. crazy is like. The guys who struggled all season long step up, right? MVS, like the play against Philly, the hit another big drop. I forget which game it was. Like game on the line, got to seal it. Third and long, take a deep shot. He's there. Like mm-hmm. uh, you just got to respect what Kansas City's doing, man. And uh, it should be a really good game in two weeks. But uh, I'm not betting against 15. That's for damn no, sure. Can't, can't. And 
you talk about the rooting interest or you want to just see good football at this point. And for me, as a Cowboys fan, I can't root for the Niners. So I'm I can't, as, I can't either as a Giants fan, no. And, you know, we're NFC guys, but we, in this situation, uh-uh. uh-uh. We both yeah. had a lot of battles with the Niners, playoff battles and regular season ones and playoff spots and all that stuff. So, yeah. And that would I'm give right. them – that would give them six if they yeah, wanted. They would tie oh, – no, yeah, they would tie. They pass us. They pass yeah, us. They pass the guys in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, no, Pittsburgh's at 60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, we just – it's like, you know, with – the blue bloods with the titles, you know, Kentucky's trying to catch UCLA, but you, you don't want to see North Carolina try to continue to catch us and all that stuff. So right. that's what it is. Yeah. Same kind yeah. of same kind of pettiness, you know, on this, yeah, this thing as well. <laughs> no, 100 percent And I think um the thing that's different, obviously San Francisco has a lot of likable guys this time around, which has yeah. always been the case with San Francisco, it feels like. Sure. Uh but you know, I I I I mean, how can you not respect what Brock Purdy's done? McCaffrey, uh, Kittle, uh, Debo, all those guys. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'll be rooting for uh, – I guess I'll be – I mean, I, I really, at the end of the day, do more so care about having a really good game. But, yeah, I, I have trouble rooting for the Niners too. So, uh, I guess yeah. I will be rooting for Kansas City, even though it's kind of the, the same thing as always. But we're, we're witnessing history at the same time. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got to tip your cap. Yeah, absolutely. Man, everybody, if they don't know, they can check your workout at workout at thecastpiles.com. You got what you got queued up uh, for this week besides, you know, got the games and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, tomorrow, actually, we're going to be speaking with the football transfers. So we'll have some stuff rolling out on that throughout the week or so. I don't know exactly how I'll do it. Speaking with 10 different guys, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a player per story type thing, but we'll figure something out on that. But yeah. And then the two games. And I think this is probably the most important week of the season so far, right? You got Florida coming in as a high end quad two game, uh, really, really good offense, elite rebounding team. Like they cannot be overlooked at all. Uh, and then you got a top 10 game with Tennessee Saturday night. Like this is a, uh, some pretty damn, these are the type of weeks you, you look forward to. And they're both at home and a chance to, uh, if you get these two wins, man, you're you're in really good shape. I mean, I think I see a lot of people annoyed, like, oh, they have UK as a four seed. I think look at the resume, that's correct, right? Yeah, I haven't understood the frustration with that either. That has to be correct because they've won two quad one games. It's what Florida down there and then Carolina. They've lost the other three, and they don't have that marquee top ten win yet. Well, yeah, yeah they do. Carolina, I'm sorry, but um, not in conference play, I should say, and. So if they can go 2-0 this week, beat sweep Florida for a third straight year, take down Tennessee, who's number five, and they're playing great right now. We all I, hate them. Hate them all you want. Dalton Connect, Antonio Reeves, Mark, Sear, uh, Mark Sears, in some order are the top three players in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And what Connect's doing right now is just ridiculous. The heater, he's on the last 10 game or so. So, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday night is going to be, I think, the most entertaining anticipated game so far of the year. And if you win that one and the game here against Florida, like you're going to move up a whole seed line, if not more. So uh, this is a huge, huge week uh, for this program. So we'll, we'll be all over covering it and uh, really excited for these two games. So the catchpiles.com, a Gershon 99. Y'all follow Aaron there. Man, your new profile pick. What show were you on when you did that? Oh, yeah. That was from uh, ABC's 36's um, Bull Preview. Bull okay. Preview. So that was with Jeff Picoro 
and yeah. he had me and John Clay from the Herald Leader on there. So oh, cool. that was cool to be a part of that one, have a little fun over there. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe they'll, maybe I did good enough to get an invite back when they do something for the NCAA tournament. We'll there see. But, uh, Pecoro's the man. Obviously, everyone knows him listening to the football games. And uh, now he's the sports director at 36. So you get him on TV too. So uh, I always appreciate any opportunity to, uh, to get in front of a camera, get on radio, whatever it is, I always am appreciative of it. Absolutely, man. Got a little pick for sure. For <laughs> sure. I get him on here and top it up. Closer yeah, to he's, yeah, he's the man. And, uh, yeah, he's very passionate, too. He, uh, If there's someone who hates Tennessee more than you, it might be that guy. So uh, <laughs> you get him on a rant about Tennessee, about the co- current landscape of college athletics, uh he'll get on a roll taking yeah. pictures out after 80 pitches pitch limits all that good stuff and uh <laughs> that's taking over sports nowadays yeah, for the longest he was one of the last players walking around that had beaten tennessee before kentucky beat I him. Know. you know he's on the 84 team and yeah that one in knoxville that's right yeah yeah so yeah i understand and him in in the booth too man with, with him and tom he gets so excited oh and, man i forget which one it might have been this, the C.J. Conrad game where they beat Missouri, uh, you know, at the last second, and 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 Tom didn't do the classic touchdown Kentucky. He was like, I was waiting for a signal. And yeah, Pecoro said, I didn't need a signal. <laughs> <laughs> he just he was already just screaming and, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, man, man. yeah, he's had some fun. He's had some fun ones, man. He, they've had yeah. some fun calls together, and uh, it's a uh, – yeah, he's the man. They're they're great in the booth, and so is uh, Goose Givens and Tom on the basketball side. Tom's obviously as good as it gets. So, uh, yeah, UK's got a pretty good – when you can't stay in the broadcasting crews, you can always turn them on and mute the game if you want. I'll just yep, say it that yep. way because there are some really good broad- TV broadcasters. That's not a dig, but I saw a lot of – and I don't, you know, I don't get to watch many of the games because I'm there, but mm-hmm. I heard a lot of people – complaining about Jay Billis on Saturday. So if you don't like it, turn on those guys on radio. I promise you, you'll you'll like what they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, AG, man, we got to get another good episode in and uh, hope everybody enjoys it. Y'all keep tuning in to Believe in Kentucky. Um, we got shirts as well, Cat Daddy shirts. Go to shop.believe.com and get yourself a shirt. And we'll be back uh next week for sure might have another episode this week we'll see but y'all follow us on all the social media and we'll keep you up to date and let you know go cats beat the gators tomorrow follow Aaron gershon at the cats pause for aaron my name is Vinny. we'll be back next time with another episode of believe in kentucky and believe podcast network we'll catch everybody later on now listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.